Alles gut. <lacht> Alles gut. How are you? How is school? How is everything? Fine, thank you. How is design and architecture? Yeah, you're an architecture, I guess. Yes, I am. So how is architecture? How is Berlin? All good. Getting cold. Huh. We've already started getting questions from people. Jerry's oh. of would have been chef. Jerry of then... would have been chef. She's, she, before I even start asking you questions, she asks what inspires your inspirations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <This is> a <clears throat> We're going to come to your question, Darius, of I would have been chef. So before then, we have to know who is Nafisa, and then we discuss, and then we can start answering your question. So Nafisa, if you'd like to tell us about yourself, who are you, what you do, so okay. that we can keep the conversation lively. Yeah. Um. My name is Nafisa Ali Bukar Fatuma. Uh, no one knows that. I just use Nafisa Bukar. I am Kanuri from Maiduguri. Mm -hmm. uh, but I grew up in Abuja. I'm Kanuri from Maiduguri. I was born in Katsina, but I grew up in Abuja. Mm -hmm. I studied architecture and worked as an architect very briefly before starting my master's. I'm currently a master's st student in studying in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. All right. So, um, if we're going to ask, let's just start with the question. The first question of would have been chef asked, what okay. what uh, inspires your illustrations? So, how did you get into how did you get into illustration first of all, and then why did you choose illustration? And then, okay, let's start with how you get into illustration first. Okay, uh, well, with illustration, I unfortunately, I have one of those cliche stories of, you know, a born artist. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been drawing, illustrating since as far back as I can remember. It's, um, I've always, I've always been drawing. I've, I was that artsy kid. I was that excited kid in the fine arts class. Always mm -hmm. the one that those, uh, I don't know makes very interesting pieces that everybody goes, wow, this child's creative. And uh, and I've always just had a passion for it. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been illustrating since childhood and that's where it all began. But then I, can, I continually pick up interest and inspiration from, other, from many different things. Like, um, uh, also I, I love dressing up. I've always mm -hmm. loved also since, since I was a child, I would go into my mo mom's makeup, and things like that and besides mm -hmm. makeup clothing as well so uh, that's also where where it came from so and then every time I would always draw my own clothes always there, there's no question about that so I would so, go go to Taylor give him my, my sketch explain to him where I want him to put the bow where I want him to put this and that you know mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that's this is Ariwa, we speak house of both house and English. So Tinyo like Tinyo Sikafara, like designing uh, clothes in the country, like since which age? At what age? I can't remember, but maybe maybe the clearest memory would be maybe since I was 10 years old, but most likely mm -hmm. way before. Because I remember once there, there was this dress I was obsessed with growing up that I was mm -hmm. so obsessed with, I would wear it all the time, that they had to take it away from me. Because it has it had worn out and 
so so if I, I i don't remember illustrations my illustrations from way back from maybe when i was six or so but i remember that dress from when i was maybe seven or eight mm-hmm. so i think yeah i could have been illustrating even since then okay so for the audience if you have any questions perhaps just keep them keep them coming so that we can have a, like a proper discussion but i'll continue with my questions for Ariwa. so now if you're going to tell us obviously anybody who is in anybody who is successful in the world like they always go through challenges and some difficulties what mm-hmm. is the most challenging time that you could remember and how did you cope with it hmm the most challenging time i i can't pinpoint a specific time but in general i think what comes with the difficulty of what i do is when i illustrate i have a, a mental picture in my head mm-hmm. and bring that to life is i i would say the biggest challenge because i'm dealing with people like tailors and maybe stylists and them trying to understand my vision is really difficult and that's why i i keep striving to illustrate the quality of my illustrations to make the visualization as accurate as possible so that it's a clear communication mm-hmm. and so that i would say has been the challenge biggest challenge so far and i think everyone knows this especially if you're a nigerian nigerian tailors will drive you insane yeah you explain something to them Sometimes my tailor will be like, uh, no, on number Z, you're like, I'm going to be like, so cool. Yeah. What's, yeah. He's supposed to just make the kaya for you, not to question exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. He has tried, but that doesn't always happen. So that can get very frustrating when people don't understand your vision or people want to maybe interrupt by always adding their own opinion. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. should be free to express what they want to express. And when, no, when not- you don't. Yeah, you can express what you want to express, but not on somebody else's talent. For example, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you design so, something. I don't think the teller has like right to say oh, number eight job. Of course, your own is just to do it. Any eight job to find eight job. My own fabric, and yeah. yeah, even not even tailors. Maybe someone, your friends or your family, you draw something and you're really excited about it, and then someone comes and tells you, I don't know, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. Mm. Uh, that's I, i don't know that's boundary issues with maybe with designers that's a problem maybe i just have a hard time taking criticism <laughs> yeah it's, sometimes it's difficult artists always like they have this difficulty of taking criticism every artist like feels yes. like what i did is the best anyway it's it's good to have that kind of idea i i definitely don't think what i do is the best i i think i still have a lot to learn definitely yeah. but that's... i i like to freedom to express myself Okay. So we're going back to the first question from the diaries of I would have been chef. Uh so when you're illustrating what is it that inspires you like what where did you get your inspiration from? Uh that's my sister by the way. I don't know why she's asking me this. Oh, really? <laughs> But, <laughs> uh so, so yeah. To be a chef. <laughs> diaries of would have been chef. Uh, she would have been a chef but she's not. Anyway. Yeah. What inspires me? Um Generally I like I always have a hard time finding clothes that fit my body type. And so a lot of my inspiration comes from the frustration of not finding what I like to wear. So mm. uh a lot of what I illustrate is um I usually envision myself in my illustrations a lot of times not always but sometimes. And so I think about what I like to wear, how I would like something draped, how mm-hmm. I would like something to look, how how I would like it to fit. Sometimes you could buy you could buy a skirt and it doesn't reach the length you want or it doesn't feel like it fits right so a lot of it comes from how I want 
the the form to feel how the dress how i want the dress to feel because mm -hmm. i think whatever one wears one should feel comfortable first of all and one should look good and one should mm -hmm. feel comfortable whatever they wear so so a lot of these feelings come come in in my illustrations and a lot of it is very intuitive um but also i think many other things inspire me like i i could see something random i could see a window and that could inspire me a lot of my inspiration comes from my my expertise as an architect and a lot of my inspiration comes from nature comes from other illustrators and designers definitely mm -hmm. comes from some current fashion trends as well i see one or two things that i like and i try to adapt that and mentally like subconsciously add those things into my illustrations and definitely mm -hmm. other illustrators also inspire me mhm mm so do you have like uh, some illustrators that the illustrators that inspire you like name them so that we can have them on audio or also to discuss with them how they inspire you <laughs> I think I think she might not know this but one of my biggest inspirations is Siam. I don't know if you've heard of Siam. She's quite she's pretty Yeah. I, I know Siam. And Siam passion for tradition and her Yeah, I wanted to ask you doesn't like tradition you're from you're from a country background and like Kanuri culture is a very rich culture. Doesn't yeah. that play a role in your inspiration? That definitely does. like um another thing one of the frustrations i have is with traditional clothes and how they can be very uncomfortable so a lot of my illustrations try to explore how we can take our traditional clothes and make them comfortable and mm -hmm. make them uh modern and uh, fit them into our current context and something i've been trying to explore actually i don't know honestly i don't know as much as i should about my own culture and i've been trying to explore that and mm -hmm. so i'm trying talk to people like my grandmother like my dad what did people wear in the past and how can we bring them back because i mm -hmm. think a lot of culture especially nigerian arewa culture is dying out and i think mm -hmm. that's very dramatic because yeah. uh, we're moving into a globalized world and if we keep losing these little touches it's we're going to become um eventually we're going to become non-existent yeah we're going to become homeless <laughs> like cultureless yeah. i i heard i heard i don't know how true this is that the the kanuri language is becoming extinct slowly and and i think this is part of the issues like is kanuri that, is even possible kanuri cannot go extinct i don't think you know, it can it's a very it's very it's, it's, it's a, a very, very old language and i don't think it should just vanish <laughs> there are places in medigra that people don't even speak hausa there so i don't think yeah. kanuri could just go that uh, i would like to see the, the well i'm a person who doesn't speak kanuri so i'm an unfortunate example of Maybe. How can you not speak Kanuri? It's not even possible. There is no way a Kanuri person doesn't speak Kanuri. It's like it's a taboo in Kanuri in Kanuri land or in a Kanuri family for a Kanuri person to speak Kanuri. Definitely you must know a little bit. I know a little bit. I I can understand yeah. my dad sometimes when he speaks. Well, the thing is my father is Kanuri and my mother is Fulani. So I I speak oh. more Fulani than Kanuri. But yeah. Okay. So your dad my your dad might be slave, be slave, be slave because Fulani are Kanuri slaves. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that but I don't believe it. Uh okay, better believe it. So, we have a question from Fatik collection and um uh the the question is do you sell your illustrations uh or illustrated designs to people or you keep them for yourself? Okay, for a very long time I was very protective of my work. It's it was very personal to me, so I would keep them. I actually never used to share my work. I was in this kind of a shell. very protective but recently i started illustrating as a business so mm -hmm. yes yeah, if you would like to buy one of my illustrations 
you can. And also, if you would like me to make a custom illustration for you, I also do that. I've been doing that for a while, actually. Just okay. started. So if someone wants to buy your illustration, do you have like a website or is just like through Instagram and through social media? No, through, so far it's just through Instagram because uh, I'm trying to start illustration as a full-on business, but it's really difficult to, to balance my time as a full-time student and mm -hmm. also starting trying to start an NGO and there's so much going on for me right now. So it's really difficult to balance, to find the balance in time and make that into a full business. But yes, I'm doing it as a business. Mm -hmm. So uh, Fatih Collection said, I would love to teach you how to speak Kanuri fluently. <laughs> That's not like an easy, easy thing to do. <laughs> Kanuri, it's, it's, it's not difficult, but it's, it's not something that you, you learn easily, I think. No, definitely uh, not. We... <laughs> but yes, I would love to learn from you if you can teach me. Thank you. But do you speak fluently then? You're lost. You're too, too foreign no, for. It's not that two bad. Foreign for, for home and two, two, me? Two foreign for home and two foreign for, for abroad. So, kind of oh, like, yeah, I don't it, know the same thing. It's, it's a horrible place to be. But yeah. no, it's, I'm not a hopeless case, I promise you. I do speak full, full day with my mother. And and I think I, I speak the most fulfilled day out of my siblings, so I count that as an achievement. Okay. Or maybe one, one maybe more than most of the siblings. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful then. So M A Utsman is saying good evening, Ariwa. Good evening, Utsman. If you have questions, you can ask. Uh, so M S M S F M or Miss F M say, do you do free? Do you do free illustration? I don't think people. Why would you do free illustration? <laughs> people don't think like this art stuff is easy. Not uh, freelance illustration. Ah, freelance. Yeah. Oh, okay. Freelance illustrations. I think that's that what you do. Cool. No free work. That time is gone. Mm -hmm. I think like that's, that's one challenge I think a lot of creators face. Mm -hmm. Not just actually, if you render a service rather than produce like tangible products, people tend to take that for granted, especially in the Nigerian context. Mm -hmm. People think because you can do something, then, then maybe that you should do that for free. But no, artists mm -hmm. need to too. And so, no, there's no free work. Yeah. So she's like, she corrected herself or she, she rewrote the sentence again. She was talking about freelance illustration mm -hmm. and then she wrote, uh, it was a typo. Uh, thank you for the clearance there for making it clear. So Nafisa, you in, in Germany or uh, in Berlin, what do you study? Is it, is it design or you study illustration? What do you study there? I study architecture. 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 Oh, Oh, okay, so um, how do you, how does architecture play a role in your illustrations? Because I, I know, like, okay, I took, I take classes from design and all that, but um, does it play a, a significant role? Yes, definitely it does. I think studying architecture has had a big part in what I do, in design most especially. I think illustration is more visualization, mm -hmm. whereas design is kind of, figuring out how things come together, piecing things together. And when you have an understanding, when you've studied architecture, I think you, you will come out with an understanding of design process and how things are meant to be put together. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about, uh, maybe in architecture, you could talk about ergonomics and how maybe furniture works or how buildings function. And mm -hmm. that can somehow be translated into how clothes should work, how breathable they should be, how they should fit on the body, how they should not uh, stop your circulation by being mm -hmm. too tight, for example. So yes, definitely. 
And also not just that, also architecture, even visually, um, you can have like architectural visuals translated into clothing, into mm -hmm. patterns or, or forms and shapes and cuts and draping, mm -hmm. and things like that. So, yes. So, uh, Ariwa, the purpose of Ariwa is to encourage people to join people like you or people like anybody who is doing something for himself or for herself. Uh, so if you're going to advise like uh, an Ariwa girl now, like sitting at home trying to, like she has talent of drawing or knows how, knows how to do illustration, but she doesn't have, she's not out of her shell because I see like you said that you came out from, from your shell also recently. But if you're going to advise uh, some Ariwa girl who is very talented, how would you advise her? What would your advice be when it comes to illustration? Um, well, the one advice I would give an upcoming illustrator or just about anyone doing any kind of craft, any kind of creative work is constantly practice and never stop learning. Mm -hmm. Because because as good as people tell me I am, I, I, I'm not that great just yet. I haven't mm -hmm. reached even half of what I think my potential is. And I can only get there, I can only be better if I keep practicing. And that's the same advice I would give to anyone. You need mm -hmm. to keep practicing your trade and you need to be the best version of whatever you are. Not just an illustrator, you need to be the best version of whatever you are. And, I, and I, I emphasize this especially for Nigerians because I think we have this bad reputation of settling for mediocrity. Like mm -hmm. some, someone sews a, a dress and it's not nicely finished and you settle for that just mm -hmm. because you like the aspect of it. But perfection is something to strive for. Perfection is idealist, idealistic, but you should always practice to, to attain mm -hmm. the the, the closest level to perfection as possible. Yeah. So yesterday we were having a discussion with uh, TJ. He was talking about how Nigerian youths, um, not lazy, but I don't want to use, I don't want to use <laughs> enough the word lazy, but like compared yeah. to Germany, because I've been in, like when you look at the life there in Berlin or in Germany, how do you compare with Nigerian life like uh, when it comes to youth participation in terms of um, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and development of society and all that? I think I understood where TJ was coming from. Perhaps using the term lazy might have been might have been offensive Ooh. to some people, but sometimes we need to call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. Nigerians are not lazy people, but perhaps the, the new generation of Nigerians, our generation, we, we're not as hardworking, I think, as our parents' generation, for example, or our grandparents' generation. Mm -hmm. And if you compare the demographic between Abuja and Berlin, for example, there's a vast difference. Mm -hmm. Children, even school children, are a lot more independent in Berlin compared with in Abuja. Like you see school children going to school by themselves and they, they, they plan their own days. I've interacted with some people. I have some friends that have children. And, I, and I'm really impressed by how they start to develop a work ethic right from a young age. Mm -hmm. Like so many people, so many people don't go to university, but they start very successful careers even mm -hmm. without that. But, mm -hmm. you know, in there's this uh, emphasis on you have to go to school and you have to go to university. Yes, I'm all for education, but that's not yeah. necessarily. I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. How many graduates in Nigeria actually do what they study? Mm -hmm. True. You need so, to find something doing and you need to do that and you need to do that well. And I think that's that's one thing that we don't understand as Nigerian youth. And perhaps that's where TJ was coming from when he was talking about laziness. So, yes, yeah, it will I, come off if we don't have a good work ethic. Definitely. Yeah. So we have a comment from your sister, Darius of would be or would be <laughs> would have been chef. It's a lovely advice, Ariwa girls out there. Uh, thank you for your comment. And um, 
Thank you. <clears throat> Gela is saying, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, infrastructure and stuff. Does infrastructure play a role in youth participation? Hmm, not, necessarily. not necessarily. I'm going to use a, an example of uh, specifically an illustration. If you're waiting to have the right tools at your disposal, if you're waiting for that, then you, you don't have a good work ethic and you need to work on yourself because you are the problem. If, for example, you want to be an illustrator and you say perhaps that you don't have the tools, what are the tools for illustrating? You can illustrate mm -hmm. on, on sand. You can draw with your fingers on sand. All you need is a single pencil and a piece mm -hmm. of paper or a wall or your tabletop mm -hmm. and keep practicing, keep doodling. And, mm -hmm. and you will, will find improvement within that. But if you want, if you want to say maybe that uh, you don't have the tools like a computer screen or, or maybe an iPad Pro with your, mm -hmm. with your pencil to, to do dig digital illustrations, then I think you're only deceiving yourself. Yeah. You have to use so whatever tools you have at your disposal. So yes, infrastructure, of course, does propel you. Having the right infrastructure does propel you to higher levels. But mm -hmm. I don't think it's an ultimate limiting factor. I think mm -hmm. if a person is determined, they will find whatever way possible to, to do what they love. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to go out of my way and use myself as an example. Illustrating is time consuming. I'm trying mm -hmm. to improve myself, but I'm also a full-time student. And I think if I wasn't passionate about illustrating, I wouldn't be doing it because it's really inconvenient because mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a balance between schooling and doing other things and illustrating. So mm -hmm. if you let passion drive you if you if you really want to do something i think you will regardless of the challenges put forth in your path true so we have a we have like uh multiple comments from gella she said children are safer outside in berlin than they are in abuja which is true uh, uh so they can go to school alone some people in nigeria don't have access to a pencil okay for education in general well, that's that's uh, that's deep. I don't know how to tackle this, but maybe Nafisa has an idea. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. There are a lot of limiting factors, especially now that that things like insecurity are a big challenge in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Nigerian leadership is really disappointing. And I and I always talk about this. Nigerian leadership needs to step up in their, in in things like security, for example. You know, so mm -hmm. so yes, those are limiting factors. But but I think Nigerians are very resilient people, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, as a lot of times, you can rise above a lot of these things. Of mm -hmm. course, yes, I'm I'm definitely acknowledging that these challenges exist, even for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, like part of the challenges is, for example, I was thinking uh, when I when I kick off my career, because aside illustrations, illustrations, I want to bring my designs into life. I want to sell my products to people. Yeah. Like one of the I foresee in the future will be um, manufacturing, for example. Like, uh, where will I source my sewing machines? I don't, I don't, I'm not an advocate for importing things that I know that Nigeria has the potential to, to produce. Mm -hmm. I think we have the potential to make our own sewing machines. I think we have the potential to make our own fabrics rather mm -hmm. than keep importing these things. Because I don't, yeah. I don't think anybody makes sewing machines in Nigeria. I don't think anybody makes even thread, sewing mm -hmm. thread. I don't think anyone makes these appliques and embellishments, even mm -hmm. fabric. Uh, mm -hmm. You see all these uh, foreign brands that, that, that we import fabric from. Vlisco, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a huge fan of Vlisco. They, they do really incredible work. But I think it's problematic that we don't have an industry like Vlisco in Nigeria. And I think mm -hmm. these are some of the limiting factors that we have in, in the creative industry. 
and manufacturing. Yeah, we, do, we do have such industries, but they, I think they don't produce like quality product as Pilisco. So yeah. we need to yeah. step up a notch on uh, the quality of what we produce and all that. So um, back to comparison between the Germany and Nigeria, how do you think the Nigerian government or the Nigerian society will um, import some kind of uh, what's it, some kind of way of life from Germany to Nigeria and to make it uh, prosperous for Nigerians to, to grow in general. Since mm. you've been there, I, I for example, I, when I was there, I see like people there are really hardworking. Like when you go to work, you always, you have to just work. If you're on break, you have like time, limited time for break. If you exceed that time, you're going to be taught, they're going to ask you so many questions. Why did you exceed the time of your break and so on and so forth. But do you think, uh, that's the way like that's what we need to do to grow nigeria as, as a country hmm. well uh, when you were talking about germany i think a lot of the things we perceive from germany are stereotypical like yes germans have generally they have good work ethic but uh, that's also a stereotype not all germans like to work just yeah. just like Americans. but to answer your question i think yes definitely nigeria we need to build a work ethic in Nigeria, people work because they feel like they have something to gain from it. A lot of people don't derive joy from what they do. Yeah. Uh, so, so the level of effort they put in their work is directly proportional to the, the benefit that comes from that. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that we see ourselves as individual parts of a working machine. And, mm -hmm. and that's what a country should be. Everyone, mm -hmm. every, every industry should be part of a, a machine that is the whole, that is the country. Yeah. And, and if we develop that kind of work ethic, that mentality that I should contribute my part and everyone else should contribute their parts, then we, we won't really move further. Mm -hmm. So uh, back to our audience, we have less than five minutes with Nafisa. If you have a question for Nafisa, you should ask now so that Nafisa can answer your questions and then I'll continue with my area work question. So Nafisa, um, we're going to have a magazine, Aria World is going to uh, produce like monthly report magazine. How would you like to, okay, of course, we would want to add you, we want to include you in the magazine, but um, is there anything that you would like to add, for example, when it comes to advice on, um, let's say, painting or not illustrations and design to the youth in Aria, apart from what you said earlier? Hmm. Well, if it's going to be added into a magazine, I think... Sure, I, I think we can. You can you can write it, and then we can we can communicate how you're going to send it to me. So we can add it to the magazine, all that. Sure, yeah, part of that. So we have a question from. I cannot pronounce this word properly. Hatshepsut spout. Hatshepsut spout. Nice. Uh, she said it's also it also has to do with the educational system itself in Berlin slash Germany. The system makes sure everyone finds his or her part, his or her own part, and then whether it's sort uh, of academic, sort of academic skills, or whether it's through academic education or skills learning, etc. So probably Nigeria also needs to take that part. Like, okay, not everybody needs to go to university, or not everybody needs to go to. So some people should just learn some skill acquisition program. So what what, what I was saying is, uh, do you think that the government should um, encourage? Yesterday, I was actually talking about this with TJ, about this uh, skill acquisition program that the government need to, need to um, emphasize on because not everybody needs to go to university and have like a degree or, or master's or PhD before you get a job in Nigeria. So does the government or should the government em, uh, employ this uh, kind of system 
like academic education and then skill acquisition program for uh, youth in Nigeria? I think I think there's an over reliance on the government and our expectations. Mhm. I definitely have expectations from the Nigerian government such as things things that I cannot provide for myself like safety. Uh mm-hmm. I want I want to be able to take a walk outside my house without feeling like going to get kidnapped. That I think is mm-hmm. the government's responsibility. But what I want to do with my life, what what trade I want to choose for myself, I think that should be my responsibility. The government yes would have a pl- role to play in these things but I think they should be seen more as options and not as dictating to people what they should or should not do. Yes, yeah, so I mean, for example in Nigeria like even if for you you probably you're qualified to go for a job and then you didn't maybe do the NYSC then the government will say you're not going to be employed because you didn't serve the country while while working at the same time you're still serving the country. So this kind of um rules or regulations that have I don't think they have any benefit to be, to be, to be honest. So I agree um, with you. Don't like okay. Yes, don't I, we take the that, government? Mhm. Like I don't want to stop you from like make your comment. <laughs> no, what the point you just made about the the being qualified um like having a certification like NYSC to to get yeah. a job. I think that's a little reason as there are a lot of hard working people that don't have they haven't gone through NYSC. and mm-hmm. uh, so in their respective fields and that i think is a limitation yes the national mm-hmm. the national youth service one so perhaps perhaps it could be optional mm-hmm. yeah so for like i i i always think about this when i sit alone like for example here in turkey you see people like people get job even without like serving because when you're going to work for the government you're actually working for your serving the country one way or the other mm-hmm. uh gela made a comment she said i think that can only work if people especially our leaders will be held accountable for their actions i agree with you there i think that is also agree if all this will be held accountable for their actions i think um, nigeria will move forward so what do you think about that i definitely agree every single person should be held accountable for their actions not just the government because um mm-hmm. problems we have in the country trickle down maybe not just trickle down but they radiate from every single sector from every single level from every mm-hmm. single socioeconomic level So leadership is definitely uh, sad in Nigeria but so mm-hmm. are the citizens so are everyday citizens like uh, mm-hmm. everyone should be held accountable if you do a job no matter what you do, if you're a banker if you're a cleaner if you're a person who who fixes the the traffic lights and you don't do your job one way or the other it's going to affect someone else and perhaps it might yeah. hinder their job and it goes on and it's a ripple effect and it's multiple negative ripple effects and and that is the end of our country i think we have a country of people who don't do their jobs as they should and i think every one of us is guilty of this and this yeah. is what we should this is what we should fix before we point fingers first yeah. i'm actually smiling because if i make a road enough enough uh i have a question <laughs> stop laughing my i'm i'm laughing because you're laughing so what's your question my little fight um yeah yeah so uh what i was asking it about uh maybe starting a, a class for people who wants to who want to uh, have who want to learn illustration even if it's basic mm-hmm. illustration because uh, i think a lot of ariwa youth need to learn some kind of um, craft for themselves so do you think you're going to start a class also possibly in the future 
mm-hmm. when I when I learn more myself and I feel like I'm qualified enough to teach people because mm-hmm. actually a few people have reached out to me saying they want to learn illustration mm-hmm. but um I never learned illustration professionally this is this has been years of practice and working on my own and learning from other people and and I think mm-hmm. if you follow this method you can actually learn uh on on your own you can uh develop your uh methods your own um process which i think is yeah, very so- important for every creative you need to develop, be able to develop your own process absolutely love to give classes per se but i'm i'm interested in working with people like myself um like make a mm-hmm. make a, a forum for illustrators and artists where you can come and share what you know and let we we can learn from each other so mm-hmm. so it's it's always a learning process just because you're you're an instructor doesn't mean you can't learn from someone who has come to learn from you so i i would like an an interactive kind of a forum between artists illustrators and designers mm-hmm. anyone anyone even if you're just an observer who likes to look at these things then this this would be i think a nice place yeah i'm an observer and i think i would like to join also lastly if you have a recommendation for people like where should they should like do they do you have like a website or like a youtube page uh where people can go and learn illustration uh no i've learned illustration from i follow a lot of illustrators on on instagram and there are so so many resources on youtube if you want to learn illustration i think you should follow siam's work Siam is someone who inspires me definitely. And um you just find what you like. Find what you like. Follow that and try to don't copy paste per se but try to imitate what what they do. Since you mm-hmm. like that you should Im- copy that try to see what their process is and try to build your own process based on mm-hmm. what you see. And perhaps mm-hmm. that would be a good start for anyone who's just starting so, out. One final question from Darius of a would be it would have been chef your sister can illustration and design apply to both architecture and fashion design absolutely yes um i think why my illustration is important is so so one gets a clear visualization of what they should expect from a dress mm-hmm. it could be simply a big expression and and an artwork that you can hang in in your bedroom just to appreciate or it can be part of a design process such as garment garment construction like making a dress mm-hmm. um just like in architecture we have architectural visualizations that people do so that they see what the building looks like before it's actually made mm-hmm. this way you can decide if you like it or if you want to make some changes if you want to use a different material or patterns the same thing applies in architecture as it does in illustration mm-hmm. uh fashion illustration it gives you a, a visual of what an outfit could look like or 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 again it can be an art piece like sometimes i illustrate things that people have already made uh mm-hmm. just 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 because i appreciate it i would like to make it in my own vision in my own style and sometimes i chuck two things to to make it different to mm-hmm. to make it uh make it in some some other way some other way uh exploring how it could look in another way mhm Thank you very much Nafisa Bakar for talking to us on Aria World today. We'd love to have you again another time inshallah. So Thank have a wonderful evening. And in in German they said is it choose? Yeah, choose. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.
Aber ja, good night. Mhm.